Hello, hello, and welcome to Millennial Notebook. My name is Stella. And my name is Emily. And here we talk about living life as a millennial in the modern age. Get comfy, grab your notebook, and let's enjoy the ride together. Hello, I hope you had a great day. How was your day, Emily? Mine was great. How was yours? It was good. I feel like I've been talking way too much and it's taking a strain on my voice. So if it sounds a little bit lower than usual, I hope you think of it as my sexy We're bed going for the voice. sexy voices now. <laughs> my bed, like, like a, sexy voice. <laughs> like I don't know why people perceive lower voices as more sexy. Like why can't women who have high voices be sexy? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't find them. Yeah, I find them annoying with high voices. Low voices. Oh, the high voices. One. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's like an immaturity thing, though. Like. Ah, uh, but how high can you go? Because I feel like I don't know. Sometimes I have a very high voice. Um. No, mine's anyway. mine's generally pretty low. <laughs> it is. It is. You have my dream um, bedside sexy low voice. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, Jonathan wouldn't agree. <laughs> oh no! Let's yeah. give him a talking to. You do yeah. not appreciate the low voice. Kidding? No, no, I think he just doesn't appreciate the the sexy voice. He's like, no, it's weird. It's weird. Don't do that to me. Anyway, this is gosh. <laughs> right. What are we talking about today? <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so the topic for today is not going to be about voices. We are. <laughs> Today Put that one on the list. <laughs> I know, right? So we are going to be talking about something that is very close and important to both of us, and that is about mental health and therapy and how it's helped with um, dealing with the issues that we are going through. Yeah. So, yeah, why don't we just dive in then? Like, um, can you tell me a little bit about how um, you started therapy and when? So when, why, and how? Great question. Okay, so um, I was a pretty staunch individual that was like, I can handle my own problems. I got this. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm all into psychology. I love talking about brains. I know all my problems. I can fix it all. Um, Until it basically all came crashing down on me and I broke down and I was like, I like Um, the description. Yep, that's pretty much it. And it was like, I need help. Uh, I'm stuck. So that's what I did. I um, went to the doctor. Um, so in New Zealand, we have, uh, we get six sessions of free mental health with like a therapist or a counselor or something like that um, mm-hmm. a year. So you get f- six free, which is pretty good. Oh, that's not amazing. Great. Like it could be better because, you know, you see someone six times and you still have issues. Um, mm. But it's still better than nothing. Um and we have a lot of, like, mental health services, which is really good. But you can get this one just by going to your GP, your talk to your GP, and you say, hey, look, I need some help. Um, things are not going the way I'd like them to. I just want to talk to someone, and then they can refer you. And the wait list is not too bad. Sometimes it can mm-hmm. be up to six weeks, but I think I ended up waiting f- three, maybe four weeks. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I was basically on the person's... Um, list and they they usually got me in within two weeks um mm. so i kind of saw them every two weeks for a couple of months um yeah. and it was really good and um i did it for six weeks um and they also gave me some antidepressants just to sort of lift my mood um i don't take them now i take them when then things kind of skydive um because mm. they are a bit of a perker upper i don't don't recommend this to anyone this is not how you're supposed to do it this is just what i find works for me um and i have reasons for that um but yeah and so I kind of, yeah, and then when things kind of get a bit hard and like, um, well, basically I, I saw her a year later and I was just, well, maybe yeah. like a year and a half later, I saw her again, same service, mm-hmm. um, same person, and then I started seeing her privately, which was costing me $130 a session, so it's not cheap. Ah, oh, man. It stings a little bit, but it was mm. kind of a priority for me to to do that, and I kind of limited it to like once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to get it every three weeks, once a month. Just to sort of talk to someone and, and get some help with that. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I started in therapy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't currently go. It's too expensive, unfortunately. But yeah. um, I know it's there and I can always reach out to this person if I um, feel like I need a bit of help. And yeah. um, I think it's kind of taken the shame a little bit away from me, uh, from mm-hmm. it, for me. Um, like, I don't feel... 
Um, I don't feel shameful about going to therapy. I mean, people go to therapy for so many reasons. Like my Nana passed away about six months ago. So that's like a, that's a good reason to go and see and talk to someone. And she kind of helped me through that. It just coincidentally happened um, when I was going to see her. So like, that's a good reason to go and see someone. Um, It doesn't have to be something you're struggling with. Um, But I just found that um, it was just good to, to talk to someone and just talk about things. But I did find that going once every couple of weeks probably wasn't enough to really discuss everything. Like this, That's for sure. Like there's always something I want to talk about and it always gets derailed in another direction and it's not always yeah. a bad thing, but um, like, yeah, I think that's the one thing I'd really like to change is the accessibility more frequently to actually sure. really talk to someone and really deep dive into things, which you can't do in a 45-minute session. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my... Yeah, that's my that's my little dive into it. Are you right. gonna are you gonna tell me about how you started yeah, on the old therapy yeah. train? So I have always struggled with um, chronic. I wouldn't because I it's hard to say whether because there are levels of depression, right? Mm. But I would kind of throughout the years I've described it as my little dark cloud. Where it was yeah. a constant companion throughout the years of my life where like the default mood was just really low. And um, it gets better, right? Like whenever I'm hanging out with friends um, or like when life is really good. But like for as long as I can remember, probably it started when I like in high school and then it like mm. started to continue um, up until my adult life, right? And at like at some point after uni, when I think you know it comes with the quarter life crisis, where yeah, yeah. you know suddenly you're thrown into uh, adult life, and there's no set path for you to try and take, and you have to make every single decision, and this decision is probably going to affect your life to some degree. Yeah. Um, and among other things, right? Um. And I just, it just, I was going through a lot of other things aside from that. What I heard, um, what I, the term that is used for what I'm going through is actually high functioning depression. Mm. And what that means is, um, you know, you can function really well despite that kind of dark cloud that you have yeah. as a companion through life. And uh, I, I have heard that people like me are actually the most vulnerable because people don't mm. really realize yeah. uh, what is going, um, what is going inside your head, yeah, and internally and the struggles that are happening there. But I knew at some point, like, um, so I was working and I've realized that I can't really keep living this way anymore because the like the internal dialogue in my head and what I mean by that is just you know I think everyone has an inner critic in 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 their minds where you know for example you want to go for a dream and then the voice inside your head is like who am I to be able to do that like Mm. right and it just got so loud that it was it was quite debilitating and one of the ways that I found to that I found was most effective at that time to deal with it was drinking yeah. I just got out of a really like um I was dating someone I found very special at that time and he was the first guy I dated uh quite seriously and it didn't work out and so you know, aside from my high functioning depression, right, was like all of these life experiences that were kind of crashing down me all at once. And, you know, I, so I didn't want to fall deeper into that hole that I felt like I was kind of just sinking into. Mm. And I love psychology. Like it's something I would have wished I could have studied if I wasn't pressured into taking business by my parents. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same. I I love psychology. I yeah. still wouldn't mind doing some psychology courses there. Exactly. And I think it's because of this that I believe that I knew that therapy was something that could have 
that could definitely help me. Yeah. And you know, with the interest came with like this constant hunger of seeking uh, information related to psychology therapy and how the human mind works yeah. and i just knew that this was probably one of the ways that i could deal with the, the inner demons right that i was experiencing and it was um at that time i um because i live in japan in tokyo and i wanted to be able to speak with a therapist who spoke my language which is primarily english and um, I'm so thankful for technology that they brought out um, apps like that that put a lot of therapists in a in a more accessible situation, mm. right? No matter where you are, and I have used um, a, a quite famous therapy app yeah. that is based in America, and. Um, Although I wasn't able to continue that for several several reasons that I will discuss, I suppose, later. But um, And I'm seeing a different therapist now, not through the platform. Yeah. But I ultimately, that was when I decided that I needed to take it. And that was, I think it's been two years since my therapy, uh, since my f- very first therapy session. And I have not looked back since. I think wow. it was one of the best decisions of my life. And the things that I was going through at that time are much less prominent now. And yeah, so that was that. Yeah, that's so, that's pretty cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. On that note, though, like, can you tell me a little bit more about like the struggles that you um, are currently facing or have faced? And if, do you have a diagnosis Oh, okay. So, um, my in my family we have uh, um, we have depression. I think it's yeah. My dad and my brother both have it, um, or at least that's what I've been told. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it was pretty when I kind of presented to therapy. They pretty much were like, "Well, yeah, you've got depression, obviously," and I was like, "Well, duh." I'm, depressed as hell um (laughs) and it was obvious to me um and it was just something I couldn't shake like I've had this my entire life like like you said teenage life like I'm talking pre-teen life I've been I've had like ups and downs but um you I'm a bit the same I'm like high functioning I can kind of get around it but Mm -hmm. I would just it seemed to be on a like a yearly to two yearly thing I would just like go through these peaks and valleys and like have these really low lows and like really mm-hmm. high highs where like I'm like loving life and having a great time but then it would sink and I'd just be like what is the point of anything and but you mm-hmm. just have to get on with life and um I grew up with a with a brother who who has uh he's not high functioning depression he is probably major depression or at least that's what he was diagnosed as, as a teenager Um, and so I watched him go through the whole thing and that kind of discolored my whole idea of, um, mental health. I didn't want to be associated with what he was going through, the way he was treated. Um, so I hid pretty much all of my lows. I tried my best to hide it. Um, Mm. and I remember a few times, like, I just couldn't hide it and I would, I just, I didn't want to get out of bed. Like, (laughs) and this was like preteen, like I was still pretty much primary school to intermediate um Mm. and I've always had this feeling of like I've never I'm not the same as everyone else everyone else has just got everything sorted like there's something wrong with me like I'm quirky I'm different um and that came with a lot of anxiety so I developed anxiety um which I didn't really get it didn't really get that bad until like in the last couple of years especially since well I would say that going to Japan and doing all these amazing things and then coming home was like the catalyst mm. for a lot of things. Um, right. And why I'm the main reason I went to therapy because it, I just came crashing down. It was mm. like the highest high of my life. It was like a mixed emotion experience that just threw me through, you know, and it was a dream come true at 25 or 26. Um, that basically threw me Then when I came home, it was like a huge crash. Um, and I'm still, I'm maybe like burnout even like it's just a whole mixture of things that happen I'm still dealing with it now um 
where like like I had everything figured out everything was good and like it just yeah it all just came crashing down um but in the time in that time since I came back and now I've done a lot of um I've done a lot of psychology on myself not a you know I wouldn't recommend it but you know you tend to look at your own brain and you you start to see patterns and things and um I hate to say it was thanks to uh TikTok that I started to look into ADHD which Mm. um I would never in a million years would have thought of it but there's just so many things that people portray in terms of like the things they experience and things that you relate to that have never I've never come across when it comes to anxiety and depression yes I relate to things when it comes to anxiety and depression um, I think everyone can relate in some level of those swings of those um, those the anxious feeling you get of the negative thoughts that you get all of those things that come with those but like the way that I go on such roller coasters in terms of like you know if you if I didn't do the research which I did into like something like bipolar you would think it's bipolar because of the huge highs and the huge lows um but it's not bipolar I yeah I I've looked into it <laughs> I'm I'm a smart human being it's definitely not bipolar as far as I'm aware mm-hmm. um but something like ADHD just makes a lot of sense so I'm currently seeking a diagnosis for that which mm-hmm. is a beast in itself um but it explains a lot <laughs> and uh yeah so that's that's my current, I think, diagnosis, mm-hmm. but, um, right. And, you know, I, the things that come with that are like, I have really, uh, I can't focus, um, mm-hmm. huge mood swings is a huge issue. Um, like super high functioning and then super low functioning, um, you know, belts of things. I'm just, I'm all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. and it is, things are getting better, better now. Um, but I think it's only getting better because now I understand what I think I'm going through. Right. And I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what my diagnosis is. I hope. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be on, uh, you know, it'll be like, oh, damn, well, it's not that. Um, if it comes back, you know, if it comes back negative sort of thing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think I'm dealing with things better because I have an understanding of what I think I'm going through and the techniques that work that people have these experiences I do. Yeah. Like it works for me. So that's what matters, right? Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, mindfulness. Um, I'm just being a lot more aware of myself and um, and just like I get excited when I learn new things about myself, you know, instead of being like, oh, there's something else I can tick off the list that's wrong with me. It's more so like, oh, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. So I think it keeps me those things that go that click and go, oh, my God, that makes a lot of sense. Um they just kind of keep me moving forward and and then mm-hmm. I'm like okay well this is the issue I think I know I can fix it and like 95% of the time it's worked <laughs> so yeah. um I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing right right yeah I, I see that's that's really interesting and I'm really proud of you for you know being able to overcome you know the primary struggles that you had prior and I'm sure you're still going through them and you know, the fact that you're able to keep going, right? And, you know, you're achieving so much despite what you're going through. So I'm really, Aww. like, let me just say that there, that um, I'm really proud of you for fighting on. Let's live this life together. I don't believe you, but thank you. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, thank you so, for sharing. Yeah, so, yeah. so what are your, I guess, what are your, I guess, what are you currently struggling with mm-hmm. that you find that therapy is still helping you with and, like, how yeah. are you dealing with it? Yeah, so I still have, so I still have high functioning depression. And uh, one of the ways that I actually found out that I could have have like that I possibly may have it and, you know, circling back to what I said about how I started therapies because, you know, the internet, thank God for the internet and I didn't really yeah. expect to see it there. But um, 
you know like seeing other people post about this and also like follow a lot of therapists on instagram and they post about it and i didn't realize yeah. that it was an actual thing because i perceive depression as this all-consuming thing where you're in bed you're in bed all day and right. you're crying all the time or you just have no drive to do anything and that wasn't yeah. necessarily true for me um i did have bouts like i like i i constantly push myself but i'm like I don't necessarily feel uh, very alive in doing so, you know? And mm, I only realized yeah. that not everyone felt this way. I actually assumed everyone felt this way. Yeah. Um, until I started talking to people about how their general mood was and they were like, Yeah, I'm I'm you know, I'm not very sad I'm not really sad most of the time. I'm okay most of the time is what they say. And it, it kind of it was it came as a shock to me when I had this conversation these conversations with my friends because I was just like, Oh, not everyone is sad all the time or you know and it start started to make more sense when um this term of like high functioning depression came to light and then i identified with it and i'm still struggling with it honestly and you know on on days that it's difficult it's really difficult but i think cognitive behavioral therapy cbt yep. is what i'm going through right now with my therapist has helped yep. so much with um my condition and the reason for that is because a lot in cbt it is believed that uh your mind and what goes through it affects your behavior and by changing your mind you and the way you think about things ultimately you're also able to slowly shift um your behavior as well i'm not a therapist sorry i do <laughs> not have a very eloquent um explanation of that one but in any case um you know the struggles of like having what we call in therapy the inner critic mm. and what i lightly mentioned a while ago um the voices in your head and i don't mean yeah. like a i don't mean schizophrenia kind of voices literally just the voice that tells you that you can't do something yeah. or you're your inner critic basically the one that doubts the fear the, yes oh no you shouldn't do that oh yeah. you, could you really do that like, yeah 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 and it's, it's sometimes just... not even a it's sometimes not even a cognitive thought it's just a feeling of like yeah and like something will be like it'll come to mind of like but you failed that time <laughs> and you feel like yeah oh, you're right i did fail that time so maybe i'll fail this time so exactly. yeah i get that like that is when when my um, when my brain is just wired, it yeah. is like that twenty four seven, and it's so hard to, it's so hard to be present in the moment when your head mm -hmm. is just constantly talking to you, or you're like yes. telling you things, and like, and like you're trying your best just to be like, I, I gotta get this thing done, but my head's telling me I've got like a hundred other things in my brain. So, yeah, and sometimes like, um, like CBT is obviously really good because yeah. and it is a practice like you have to sometimes it takes like a journal practice of like oh my thought my head thought this I'm gonna write it down yeah and then you have to logically which is sometimes really hard when you're an emotional person to be like yes. that's not correct I have no evidence for that yeah yeah <laughs> and if, if yes, I think yes. that why do I think that and what's that being sparked by and how can I tell it to go away and sometimes just the act of writing it down is really good um True. and sometimes you can do it on your well you get better at it and sometimes you can do it in your head and be like i see you i see you thought i see you and no <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and i think this is um one of the gifts of therapy is that it helps you be more a little bit more mindful self-aware yeah and kind of like i don't know it gives you a little bit of like a like a, a view inside your head yeah 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 um so yeah that's with me like um so on that like what's the experience of life for you then like uh what's it like having what's it like being me <laughs> <laughs> having the condition that like so you mentioned adhd what's what's that like so most people will know it as um most people so it's it's kind of going through a huge shift thanks to a lot of advocates in the circle um, who, you know, it used to be little boys, hyperactivity syndrome, you know, the kids are acting up all the time, running around, so much energy, always talking, disruptive um, little boys, right? Yeah. But 
um, with the with you know thanks to a lot of um, research in the field like there's something that they call in an um, inattentive yeah um, ADHD which is you know the daydreamer someone who's a little bit more quiet but more reserved perhaps you don't see it um, it's not outwardly out there so and it's typically women um, so typically women you know um, we don't they don't usually get diagnosed until their late teens even until they're like 50s sometimes mm-hmm. and it usually comes when they have children because that's when um, so ADHD stands for I can't remember. Attention, attention, attention deficit. deficit hyperactivity disorder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's actually probably closer to a um, executive dysfunction disorder or an executive function disorder yeah. um, in which all of your executive functions, the things you use to organize, the things you use to time keep, the things you use to um, uh, everyday life stuff, to be somewhere on time, to um to organize yourself to to you know run a household you know that um to run businesses those are all things that require a lot of executive functions um Mm -hmm. that is a lot of competing priorities and all this sort of stuff and essentially um a better way to look at the disorder is that it's um it impacts all of that and also has an emotional component to it too so (laughs) it's a lot of it's a lot of things um that are kind of important for adulting (laughs) yeah which is why a lot of women particularly those who have kids like as soon as they have kids it's just like oh my god why am I so behind the eight ball all the time and Mm. like they just get overwhelmed and that's usually how they find out they have it um Mm. or their kids present with it and they go wait I thought that was normal wait my kid's not doing normal things like I do that and they're like oh (laughs) yeah that's not normal (laughs) it's because it is a genetic um it's like a 30% chance, like oh, 50% really? chance of giving it to your children. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your children has, if your child has it, you're likely to have it as well. So, um, yeah, really interesting, really fascinating disorder. Um, and it's a, it's like a biophysical. So it's like an actual shrinking of the frontal cortex. Mm. This is, this is why I know I have ADHD. Cause I know a lot about a specific topic, which is kind of like, a, <laughs> it's, it's a whole thing. Really- <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> I think it's also because you're really smart, but uh, well, I wouldn't say I'm really fu- I'm I'm smart about things that I'm really interested in, and that's kind uh, of where it all comes into. But um, I see. So yeah, it's like yeah, it's all it's all, it's all very interesting. Um, mm. But it it comes with things like it comes with depression and anxiety as well, because a lot of women because their failings are the things that everyone else can do: the organization, doing all the housework, doing all these things that require a lot of executive functions. When women start to realize that they're behind everyone, that's when they develop anxiety about it. That's when the depression happens because they just get overwhelmed and they think that they aren't good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very, yeah, it's a very complex thing. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, the experience of, okay, so. So that's my I think experience I, I think of I, life. I, I, yeah. And that was actually a very good example. I think, like, the fact that you like to go off tangent is a manifestation of it. So don't. It is, yeah. I, I yeah. love it, though. It's very Especially funny. Especially I'm really excited about it. It's something I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's so it makes, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great. It's great. I love it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. On my note, uh, high-functioning depression feels like, you know, um, I feel like I am an engine that keeps on moving despite being low on fuel. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, It's probably I get that. the best way yeah. that I can um, describe that. And the reason why I'm moving is because of societal pressures, my mm. own pressures on myself. And, but, you know, like, it's like I'm being pushed behind me you know i'm doing my best to move by myself but also like without that extra push i'm probably just gonna like die in the middle of the road Mm. and that's how it feels like right and um as i've touched on a little bit a while ago it felt like i had a dark cloud um over my head for several several years throughout my life and um and yet felt like a constant companion almost and it's something that i just like learned to deal with and it's gotten better by kind of shifting 
my perspective because what I've learned through CBT is that a lot of my um, perspectives on life has actually contributed to that dark cloud, right? Like seeing, Mm. um, having very little hope of the future and, Mm. you know, seeing very little meaning in the daily grind and all of these things. But what I've learned Mm. is that to be able to kind of... um, work around that is to, f- to find little piece pieces of hope mm. and uh, some things that I can look forward to so that I can kind of pull myself out of the cloud whenever necessary and yeah. that's literally th- what is um, pushing the train to go forward right despite despite the the very kind of the low fuel that I have right so yeah you know you find elements that will help keep pushing you forward despite being very low on fuel did you find it easier when you were younger to keep the train going? You know, like, like, did you find it easier as, as a younger person to see the next thing, the next exciting oh, yeah. thing? Yes, yes. And yeah. I, I think I attribute it to, I mean, generally, like when you're young, you kind of are more hopeful because, you know, yeah. I mean, a part of it is innocence, you know, not knowing how terrible the world can be. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't want to sound pessimistic right now, but then, you know, that's how it was, right? I mean, like it is. Like, if you're realistic about the world, it's it's not a great place, especially at the moment. <laughs> exactly. Like, and as you get older, you have less of those experiences that make life exciting. You know, you haven't got the uni to look forward to. You haven't got your exactly. first job to look forward to. You don't have, um, you know, those those experiences become few and far between and it becomes especially when you start working it becomes the daily grind of like yeah you go to work you come home you go to work yeah. you come home yeah exactly so, yeah so that's how it's been like for me um but anyway but how do you think has therapy helped you and what role do you think it played in your life now that we know what it is like to have ADHD and for me like high functioning depression how do you think um, it's impacted your life hmm interesting um I think it's nice knowing that it's there mm-hmm. and now that I've experienced it like now that I've experienced it I I'm not fearful of it all that stigma is kind of gone you're just like Mwah. feeling a bit shitty probably should go back to therapy you know it's gonna because it does help um mm. and it's just sometimes all you need is just to talk to someone who's yeah um experienced who maps um especially the person i go and see is very good at just going well this is the logical stuff this is what mm-hmm. you're going through you know how can we switch it around how can we fix it and depending on the mood that i'm in sometimes it's like oh <laughs> fix it i don't know i don't know what to tell you like i can't help like i don't know and then sometimes it's like, oh, you got a point there. Okay. And sometimes you can, you know, actually understand what they're saying or it doesn't really sink into a couple of weeks later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I find it's just good to know that it's there. I don't I don't worry about it. Like, I'll tell people I've been to therapy. No. Like, everyone should go to therapy. It's good. <laughs> exactly. it's, a, it's If you find someone who's good, then it, it's it's worth going. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I don't I don't know. I just, I find it's just nice to know that it's there and I can yeah. use it, you know, it is expensive, but it is there and it will help me when I need it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so do you think it is, it's helped you to be a little bit more focused or is it mostly just helping you being able to identify what you're going through and then um, that paves the way to finding tools to kind of solve or kind of help ease whatever you're going through um yes say it again (laughs) (laughs) sorry okay so do you think that therapy has given you the tools to identify what you're going through and you know somehow help you to be able to solve them if they're solvable right i think that paved the way toward that oh yeah for sure like um I think I'm more receptive to, because um, I do, I don't want to say I do a lot of self-help, but it's a lot of self-therapy. I mean, you have to in some capacity, like you can't rely on someone to do all the work for you all the time. Yeah. Um, actually, even though therapy it's really, is, yeah, it's focused on you, actually. You have to do the work, so it's not self Yeah. Yeah. 
but they're let's just say that they a therapist in whatever capacity counselor or psychologist psychiatrist they're not there to um they're not there to pave the way they're just there mm-hmm. to facilitate you paving the way so um yes, they do yes. give a lot of a lot of tools and stuff and so i do i, I use that and i use that as a um you know, ther- going to therapy is one tool that sometimes it's nice to externalize everything you're thinking, but it also, yeah. they, they should, <laughs> they should give you tools back. And I guess those tools are things that I, that I use more daily or perhaps more weekly. Um, or just when I'm going through those low periods, I, I tend to go back on those tools and go, oh yeah, no, that can help and this can help. And yeah. So yeah. I am, I guess it's nice to have had someone confirm you know sometimes some of the things you're thinking and feeling yes, and confirming yes. that they're actually not real not to say they're not real like everyone has fears and concerns and things but perhaps they're not as self- real as they feel like at the time yeah like there's it's nice to have someone ex- uh, like acknowledge that you're going through something and that is difficult but there is a way through it and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. does that make sense yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure okay that's lovely thank you for sharing that um what about yeah, yourself for, yeah um for me like i think so what if my high functioning depression was actually triggered by several factors of the way i thought is what i right. was able to identify through yep. therapy um and i found out that it's uh i'm a recovering perfectionist <laughs> and a recovering people pleaser mm-hmm. and basically all of like these two things in particular are actually external like external forms of validation right. and we have very little control of and it was contributing to my overall happiness and maybe um what we have what we've identified is probably one of the are probably one of the primary reasons as to why i was kind of always in a low mood because there is no pleasing every single person that you encounter Mm. right and perfectionism and perfection is a myth right what is perfection anyway and Mm. you can never really say what is perfect because every single person has their own definition of what is a hundred percent and what is good right Mm. it's very easy to quantify things and um elements outside of the human experience but when it comes to being human and what it is about you know what it takes to be a the best human being or whatever that even means there's no definition that is 100% true right it's very subjective hmm. and moving away from that I felt like had given me a lot of leeway to just relax because I felt like I've been keeping myself in such a tight kind of I don't want to say noose, right? Like, but like, uh, you've been tightly wound. Yeah, Mm. in general. And like, I felt like I was keeping myself in a box that I no longer Mm. fit in. Yeah. You know, and aside from that, I felt like it helped me deal with my inner critic, as mentioned a while ago. And ultimately, it's helped give me inner peace and even help prevent alcoholism. Mm. I think I was very very near the borderline of like crossing becoming an alcoholic at that stage in my life when I started therapy because literally I could not silence the inner critic in my head it was screaming at me at that time and literally I could only not hear it when I was very busy with work or when right. I was drinking, right? Yeah, which is or if- kind of that whole idea of like workaholics, right? Workaholics work so much to to compensate yes. or to try and silence something, and alcoholism yes. is just one form of dealing with that, right? You yes, you drink to forget or you drink to 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 numb it. Which I exactly. I I'll I'll be honest, I do the same thing. I drink to numb yeah. it sometimes too. Yeah, um, and it's it's, it's a journey. It's easy, it's easy to do. I I hate to say it, but. You know, sometimes I just want to have a good night and sometimes I'll drink and it'll be, you know, good. But, um, yeah, yeah, I get that, though. You, yeah. And, and some people will self-medicate with other things, too. They'll do weed or drugs or... Or sex. Um, food. Sex, yeah. Yeah. Food, shopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are so many yeah. ways in which um, 
these to fill things the void, manifest. I guess. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. So um, it saved me from that. Actually, I was very close to crossing the borderline there, but and I was able to pull myself out of that, and which was great yeah. thanks to therapy. Um, it also helped prevent burnout. Well, I'm, you know, or even if I'm already burnt out from my job, it helps to kind of pull me out of that you know help me recover a little bit because i mm. never really realized how burnt out i was until my ther- therapist pointed it out that i was burnt out and yeah. you know she gave me the tools to be able to kind of like find small pieces of peace throughout my day so that i can find kind of like recharge throughout the day yeah, yeah. i found myself because you know before my therapist pointed it out i found myself kind of stressing about work when I wasn't working right and that kind of stole away what could have been chances for me to recover right you time you time yeah so and I didn't even realize that that until she pointed it out right because I Mm. thought it was normal to be so stressed about work even while I was sleeping and then I wake up and then I'd be like oh Uh, fuck I have an hour until work and all of these things um so yeah finally I just let myself not think about work in those moments because it's my time stuff like that and then lastly like i feel like it helped me to just become a little bit more vulnerable and just be me because um a lot of a lot of the perfectionism and kind of you know recovering from people pleasing right i i kind of let myself be molded by society Mm. and i never really felt comfortable enough to share with the world or with my even with my friends I found out completely share who I was in myself because mm. um, I was afraid of like upsetting people yeah. and therapy has showed me that you know the your true friends will accept you yeah um I mean given that you're not being like a, a jerk right like, <laughs> yeah just have because so, since you have mental health issues does not excuse you from being a jerk exactly <laughs> just I, you're like, well, I got depression so if you all <laughs> it's like no yes like um so uh yeah some people have a very bad image of people with mental illness because there yeah. are some people who kind of use it as a scapegoat right as they'd a crutch be like, yeah as a crutch yeah and they'd be like oh i i'm a shitty person because i'm going through abc and that's yeah. fine that you're going through this it's not something you can control but what you can control is like how much you're affecting others yeah. others right because you can go through your own shit and not have to hurt other people in the process i think it's really hard i think there's a double standard even in that like yeah you know you don't want to burden people with your issues yeah you don't talk that's about another it. thing right it's you so don't hard. talk about it therefore yeah. you're not getting through it therefore you end up burdening yourself and it gets yeah. worse so i think i think it's getting much better with society now because mm-hmm. we are getting more open we're getting better at talking about it. Therefore, it puts the pressure off the individual. People yeah. are being better at receiving this sort of information. Like, they they know how to respond correctly. They know how exactly. to help you. Like, if someone comes to me now and says, look, I'm really depressed and I, I just can't. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, I know how to respond to that. One, I have similar issues. A lot of people yeah. have similar issues. And, like, you just, yeah. you. I think we're getting better as a society at... Um, hopefully not bottling it up but if you're someone who is still in that kind of i don't want to say closet but you're still in that that shelter of like i don't want to no i don't want anyone to my problems and blah blah, blah then um mm-hmm. yeah it can be tricky it can be- yeah 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 but i think ultimately and we circle back to self-awareness um mm. and therapy therapy really does help with that right like if you sometimes it's very hard to identify whether you're actually just being vulnerable and um experiencing what it you know what it is being a human being going through a tough time versus being a jerk right i think your therapist (laughs) if they're if they're a good therapist they'll probably call you out on it and be like nope nope it's one thing opening up to your friends and then another thing to kind of like you know be really toxic Yeah, 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 yeah 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 so i think you know that's self-awareness that's where it plays a role right so yeah 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 i agree with that yeah yeah so i mean we are not therapists <laughs> so just <laughs> disclaimer there. we're we're people with issues yeah you know and like 
I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can relate. And um, exactly, there is a lot to to be said about self help too. Exactly. On that note, um, I think society is still scratching the surface when it comes to accepting therapy and mental health. Mm. And what do you think about the stigma that is surrounding therapy and mental health? Like, I'm pretty sure it depends on the culture. It varies per country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it like for you over there in New Zealand? Um, I mean, it's still something that in the workplace I wouldn't bring up to my bosses. Um, oh, yeah. But I have brought up to my colleagues. Like, I've brought up being like, oh, well, I think I got ADHD. Um, but it was from, it was like a spin off conversation about something else, I think. And I tend to overshare. <laughs> It's just me. I like to overshare um, because I'm really interested in some things. But like, you know, I still probably wouldn't like I tell them probably I at least just say I told them about ADHD because I thought it was really interesting and I wanted to sort of spell any like dispel any myths, essentially. Um, and it's kind of interesting human experience. But that being said, I definitely wouldn't go into the sort of detail about my depressive episodes and my anxiety mm-hmm. and stuff because that's... Um, I guess people see that as more debilitating and I Mm -hmm. definitely want to bring it up to my bosses because again, this whole like societal pressures of working and efficiency. Like if you told them that you have depressive episodes, they're going to be like, she's not a good worker anymore because you know, she's Mm. got a few issues, but like, so does everyone, (laughs) you know? So, um, yeah, it's, uh, but with probably people that I'm on the same page with, you know, my female colleagues who are about the same age as me, like, I'd be happy to talk to them about it because I can see that they're receptive and they also talk to me about it. So yeah, it's not a one-way conversation. Like we are having a discussion. Um, but I guess when you start to think about the hierarchical structures of society, yeah, it gets trickier. Like in like, just some people just don't get it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't have this discussion with my mother. <laughs> yeah. Even though she has a son who had, you know, major depression and... Mm. Um, still deals with him, you know, having a few yeah. episodes here and there with stresses of life, obviously. And yeah. um, But perhaps I would have this discussion with one of my brothers or, you know, because we'd have a mutual discussion because we both kind of go through similar issues. Um, mm. So I feel like there's still... I feel like there's still a while to go, but I also feel like, you know, everyone's privy to their own privacy. You know, everyone's yeah. got their own... You know, everyone's allowed to have their own struggles and not have to disclose that to people, perhaps your employer and things. So, um, but it would be nice, I think, if there was more support within the workplace. I mean, because let's be honest, everyone, everyone's in the workplace. That's what we do. Yeah. We work. <laughs> It'd be nice if there was more support in the workplace to be like, hey, look, I can see you having a hard time. Go and take a few days off or will help you with therapy or whatever without the stigma of like you're not good enough mm. like you, you're broken and you need fixing sort of thing like it's just a hey look I can see things aren't going so well just take some time off and yeah. I wish that was better and more risk and better received yeah um I'm very lucky I have actually quite a good workplace um but it can still be better you know it can mm. still be better yeah yeah but I can imagine it's quite different in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, stigma. Um, so, I have two perspectives on this because I am a Filipino, right? I grew up mm. in Manila. And Manila, the Philippines, has a lot of like Western influence. And um, we have a lot of like uh we we adhere to a lot of like um american cultural concepts and what is uh because we do consume a lot of um american media yeah so there's that perspective and also the perspective of living in living and working in japan so let me like work through that per category so first um in the philippines it's mental health is definitely there's still so much um there's still a long way to go and it's very like therapy is very hard to art access and a lot of people still feel a lot of shame with it yeah um i don't hear a lot of my friends talking about it or sharing about it 
um, I remember when I was still living there that I had a hard time finding a therapist as well. And just the, the thought of like having to drive there, uh, and literally physically go there. Yeah. And like say my family finding out mm. kind of gave me a lot of shame. Yeah. Which is strange. It's it's such a strange concept for me now that now that I've I've been you know going through therapy for about like collectively about a year and a half already, and I don't I feel zero shame about it. If anything, I want everyone to go through it therapy because mm. it's been such a like a guiding light for me. But yeah, there was a lot of shame there still. I remember I tried talking to my sister about it because she was going through a lot as well. And she was just like, you know, she was just like, oh, that's great for you. I don't know. I'm not comfortable talking to strangers. Mm. Is The first thing she said. Yeah. And um, aside from, you know, the stigma there, it's just the cost is another consideration, right? Mm. Um, The Philippines is a developing country, so it can be very expensive, um the there is no national he- health care system that is reliable enough mm. to support these things so that's on um the stigmas in the philippines so it's still kind of there's still a long way to go and it's really unfortunate because like for example i have uh a niece-in-law i don't know if you is that if that's an actual term but like because of my sister's marriage like technically like i'm not really related to her but because my sister got married to like so her husband right and her husband has a niece so technically like she is now our niece but by law so gotcha she has uh she's very young like she and so she's three years old and and then i think by the time we realized that she was going through it she was five or six that she had schizophrenia Oh wow! And, and yeah, and she was kind of like there was a lot of fear around it, and right. her mom wouldn't let her take medication because of the, the yeah. the the stigma that comes with being labeled as someone with a mental health disorder. Yeah. and it's unfortunate because people, I suppose it was also like a generational difference, right? Mm. But like her mom didn't want her to be labeled as quote unquote what people back like crazy sorry, like, yeah i didn't want to yeah. say it because it's so yeah. unfair it is but yeah um yeah and and she and i like we could we couldn't really do anything about it because her being so young she needed her mother's approval right. yeah. um her like her parents are divorced so her dad had like it wasn't i think it wasn't shared custody so it was literally mm. on only on her mother's hands and her mo- wow. mother wasn't having any of it Ooh. so c- c- you can imagine like how oh my goodness like it's yeah mm. anyway so there's that and um in japan it's kind of it's rarely talked about and if you have any kind of extreme mental health disorder where it affects you physically, you mm. will get checked into a facility yeah. where sometimes I've heard of like a horror story of and it's probably didn't this probably didn't go out in mainstream media, but someone who came here to teach as an ALT. Um, yes, the foreigner who was he was a Kiwi. Really? Like he was trapped to the bed because he yeah. he stopped taking his medication yeah um consciously stopped taking his medication and then he of course that's when he spiraled right and then yeah. none of the japanese doctors knew what to do with him and so literally they just strapped him to the bed and yeah. when his brother came to visit him like his skin was all red and wilting because of like all the struggle and then it was like what the fuck are you doing to my brother yeah i think it was a kiwi guy um really really tragic um awful story but yeah yeah i didn't know what i didn't know the full story but yeah i'm pretty sure it was because someone in my circle shared it um but yeah that's it's horrible yeah so there's still a lot of stigma there actually like i i i kind of hesitate bringing up therapy to any Japanese person who hasn't Mm. 
traveled abroad or hasn't had a lot of like or not even just travel abroad like with an international mindset right um thankfully a lot of my japanese friends are very very open-minded and um are very smart and kind people and so i've never had any issues of like opening up about my struggles with therapy and like mental health well you wouldn't be friends with them otherwise (laughs) that is true (laughs) but anyway just to give you an idea like it's really really it's not that great and i just heard from my friend a while ago that um apparently in japan you can work as a therapist without a license you don't even have to have the degree isn't that crazy and i just it my heart bleeds for all the people who are kind of looking for support and then they find their themselves in the office of a quack um yeah quack therapist yeah right so but even then right like the stigma is still very much there and i wish that i hope that through conversations like this Hmm. uh like these that we can kind of tell show to people that people like us like emily and i are as you can see we're very normal and we are very much living life (laughs) very full lives and we are and we benefit so much from therapy and mental health is something that is very important and every single person should seriously consider because like if you're bleeding or if you have a broken leg you go to a doctor so why can't we do the do the same for mental illness whether it's something as minor as you know you getting anxious for a specific life event to something as um major as you know a hormonal imbalance in your head right that you have to literally have someone help balance for you literally that's that's it it's not about being crazy and all of that it's literally like it's a biological thing sometimes yeah um that someone can help you go through and it's not a bad thing it's literally you just need help like a like like it's as if you broke your leg right yeah it's a so. yeah it's the same the the sooner we can get to the same sort of conclusion that yeah mental health and physical health are just as important as each other the better and like i think we'll all be better off when we when we can get to that point but yeah. um, i think the more people talk about it the more people will talk about it then yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the more people yeah. might get help. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and the stigma. Hopefully, the stigma will start to lessen the more the more the, that people talk about it, and the yeah. more that we realize that it's it's there to help you. I think I think with Gen Z and millennials mm-hmm. um, moving up in the world and the way that we're changing and disrupting things, I think I reckon it's it's going to be just part of you know health insurance. You know, I hope so. I think it's I. Yeah, I, I truly hope that. Um, and if not, then I'll be one of the people who makes it part of my company. <laughs> oh, that's, I love it. Same yeah. here. Um, yeah. Okay, on that note, so to wrap up, how about, uh, what would you, how do you think people can get access to therapy and mental health services? Um, well, here in New Zealand, you can go to your GP if you haven't already and you can get six free uh, mental health uh, therapy sessions. Um, that said, like Stella said earlier, you can go online. There are some apps that help you. There's a lot of self-help apps. Um, just read the recommendations, see what people recommend. Um, there are some fantastic, uh, registered psychologists on social media, um, that can Mm -hmm. help you just maybe not to help you specifically, but you can learn a lot through them. Um, some really awesome people on YouTube that do a lot of videos. Um, yeah, so, but I guess I would always recommend that you, you know, within your health system, if it's if it's possible, um, just, yeah, talk to your GP, talk to your doctor, and um, just be honest about what's going on, and I think you'll find that a lot of, um, a lot of people going through very similar things, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just, just talk, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and if you feel like you're in a culture and, or in a space where, um, your GP won't necessarily be open-minded about these things because there are mm, some doctors yeah. who actually kind of do not 
it's it's so strange, isn't it? Like even in the yeah. the medical community, some people don't acknowledge it as an actual thing that needs to yeah. be, um, that needs to be kind of discussed and even um, treated with. Um, therapy or medication if necessary mm. but uh, if you don't feel safe there are as Emily mentioned there are platforms online like there are a lot of therapists that you can find online that I mean the laws I'm pretty sure that there are some laws that some of these therapists therapists have to uh, abide by like for example what I learned is that in America there are some therapists that are only limited to practice in their state mm. um, right but in any case, like the apps that Emily mentioned, there are a lot of like uh, online therapy apps. And mm. behind these apps are registered registered uh, psychologists, counselors, and psychiatrists that may be able to help you. And um, some of them are not limited to their state. So they can help you go through your, your issues online anywhere you are in the world and that's how i began my therapy journey right like yeah. my therapist was american and uh, we found a very good time uh slot for us <laughs> <laughs> um so there's that and then honestly sometimes it's even good to ask around in your friend group um yep. you'd be surprised how maybe some of your friends are already going through therapy themselves and that's yep. how i found my current current therapist and she's wonderful um mm. yeah or like you know if you feel like that's too too big of a step for you you can just google and then see you know some no like get as much as as much knowledge as you can about yeah. mental Arm health yourself online. with knowledge exactly yeah because it's an actual thing and it's not just in your head <laughs> and it's going to be okay yes i can I vouch you for that know. It is going yeah. to be okay. It's going yeah. to be okay. You are not alone. We are all going through this shitty life, <laughs> um, yeah. and we were all we will all survive it together. Um, yeah. And okay, last uh, cost the cost and justification of it. What do you think about uh, this one? Well, justification is easy because <laughs> if you're like me and you let it go for too long, it could get worse. Mm. <laughs> so um, address it. When you can, um, yeah, like it's it's worth it's been worth every penny in my opinion. Um, I agree, and it does hurt the bank a little bit. I will admit, but um, you know, there's, there's ways around that. You can push it out. You know, go every month every, as opposed to every week, and yeah. um, just really soak in all the help you can get while you're there. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's worth it's worth every penny. In my opinion, if you can afford it, but I understand that, yeah, not everyone's in that in that situation. Um, but yeah, what's what's been like on your end? Yeah, so um, this was one of my primary problems when I was still living and based uh, and was based in the Philippines, because um, mm, yeah. you know the cost can be quite high, especially coming from like, for example, a developing country, right. Yeah. Um, but there are ways to move around that. And what I mean is like, for example, what Emily kind of suggested, right? To space it really far um, in between your mm-hmm. sessions, like space a lot of time in between that so that you can kind of, you know, because therapy is a process. Yeah. Uh, it cannot be rushed. So spreading it out, if you can't afford a weekly session, is definitely your best bet because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a journey, right? You can't change your thought patterns in an instant. Yeah. So you can do that. Um, sometimes you can find uh, therapists who give, for example, recommendation uh, recommendation kind of, I, would, I don't want to call it a discount, but like sometimes if, if you're a friend of their current client, um, mm, sometimes the cost is referral. There you go. Yes. Yeah, a referral yeah. <laughs> discount. Sometimes you you can get that. Sometimes there are therapists that give it pro bono, depending on. Um, so I heard that I have a friend of mine. 
was able to access therapy for free because her university provides it and that's wonderful yeah Yeah, so you like um sometimes so you can explore like maybe your university already provides it for free um it's very hard to determine whether that the 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 therapists that are associated with the school be the best but you Mm. know it's one of the ways you can try to explore it um but yeah so uh that's for free and then another one is like uh the apps that i've mentioned they're a bunch maybe we can um talk about them yeah talk them below yeah Yeah. so i've i use better help and um there are mixed reviews but if you find a really good therapist um i think it's worth uh trying out therapy through that platform because um you know, the more sessions you book ahead of time, the cheaper it gets. And uh, it's really accessible, right? You do it online. And so at the time, it was one of the most cost-effective um, solutions I had. Yeah. So, yeah. And on that note, I, as me- as e- Emily mentioned a while ago, it was worth every penny. Um, yeah. Your mental health is an investment and at the end of the day, you, um, all of the things that are happening around you and all of the friends and family that you have, literally, you at the end of the day, you only have yourself. And if you <laughs> are at a constant yeah. war with yourself, then it's a very fast um, path toward destruction. And so mm-hmm. um, it's really hard to justify your... Uh, the expense at first especially if you are not used to going to therapy yet and if it's if you're just getting your feet wet in, um, in the whole process but know that it's going to be worth it and if you feel that your therapist is not the right one for you then Move don't on. <laughs> find yeah, someone else <laughs> yes don't give up like don't give up on therapy but rather like yeah. move on to the next one because yeah. it, sometimes it takes a bunch of um trial and error it's, it's a relationship right it is and like you got to find someone who vibes with your you know your relationship exactly and sometimes like sometimes there are certain therapists that have so aside from the vibe like they have specialties <laughs> yes and, yes that's important too yeah yeah and like for example for me i am more comfortable with women than i am with men especially with mm-hmm. these things so you know yeah. Like there's so many considerations that you can tailor toward your own preferences so that you can feel like you're making um, a good investment because this is your hard earned money or, you know, if you're very young and it's from your parents, right? It's 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 an investment. So you should Mm -hmm. honor yourself enough to find one that makes it feel worth it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if anyone is having a hard time, please reach out. Um, you yes. are not alone. Um, mm-hmm. We will send in a res- uh, resources down below f- if you are going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. Mental illness is a real thing. Depression is a real thing. And please don't give up. All right. Yeah. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. You are not alone <laughs> and we will get through this together. Thank you so much for tuning awesome. in. All right. See you guys next time. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.